Welcome to Wife on Wife, the podcast where my editor wife and I talk about my books, characters, my writing process, and we get the tough questions you submitted answered. Join us as we discuss one book an episode with some special episodes in between. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and follow. Welcome to a conversation about Love Walked into the Lantern. Today, Nicole is going to answer some questions about the last book in the Chicago series before we dip our toes into the San Francisco series in the next episode. So shall we begin with how the book was born in your imagination? In my imagination? Yes. Oh. I don't know how I was born. Uh, I wanted to... I, I liked, I guess, Summer in the first book, or in the uh, Just Tell Her. All I remember is, and we said this in the last episode, being in Ukraine bored in our Airbnb because mm-hmm. you were at work. And I, the internet kept going out and I was like, what am I going to do? I'll write a new book. It was not something that I planned. And I think the first word on the page was Summer. And that was it. It was like, okay, this is Summer's book. Like, that's how I decided it was Summer's book. And I knew, weirdly, I knew the title right away. I don't know why, because the bar was named The Lantern, so it made sense. And I just started typing. I think because I I liked the character of Summer. So the book really, from my imagination, was like, for several pages, were about her experience being a billionaire tech CEO. And that Way was fascinating. Way to steal my question about why Summer... <laughs> Sorry. I mean, well, I mean, I think I don't think I intentionally said this is Summer's book until I typed the name Summer. But yeah, it was I'm writing about a billionaire tech CEO. That's cool. And I started typing. So that's how it started. Okay. And at this point, did you outline the book? No, um, I did not start outlining books until a, a while after that. I can't even, can't even say I really outlined the first book that I like thought I would outline, which we could talk about later. But uh, with this one, I really just started writing Summer. And I had her, like, I think we said last time she was eating dinner with Emma. And I was like, nope, Emma's not for her. Emma's for somebody else. Came up with Lena and just started typing. And everything just kind of happened from there. But Mm -hmm. I didn't outline anything. At this point, I should just ask, what did you outline instead of if you did? I mean, now, like, there's more books than I have outlined that I've written probably than books that I didn't. But my outlines are not like I think a lot of authors outlines. It's usually just one bullet point, maybe two or three per chapter. Mm-hmm. And was it purely accidental that the story happened to have an age gap? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think so, because I didn't know who she was going to end up with. I'd already basically given Lena... I think mm-hmm. an age or an age range, at least, and just tell her. And so you mentioned how yeah, old she was. And I knew she I knew she like w- had just come out and everything. And she was kind of older um, than than Summer. So once I figured that out, yeah, it was like 10 years. When didn't Lena's backstory reveal to you? As I was typing the words on the page. That's how it is when you don't outline. So it's just that you start to think about what got your character here. Mm -hmm. So if she's meeting with Summer, there has to be something. So their first meeting, they're talking, they're joking, and they're going to be each other's wing people, right? Like there has to be something in Lena that makes that desirable for her, just like there has to be something with Summer that makes that desirable for her. Then they have to do that together, and then they have to start to fall in love. So you have to have like 
her experience with her ex-husband, the woman that she had a crush on, the job that she has, like all of that has to kind of explain where, where she is now and how she got there and why she would be interested in Summer. What about the tragedy to her backstory with her twin brother? I don't know where specifically that came from. I don't remember like where I was when I typed that or what made me think of that. I generally like, sounds bad, but I think <laughs> sounds really terrible. I think tragedy can mature people up real quick. And I think that Summer in her own way has her own, you know, her mom's not around anymore. And, mm -hmm. you know, anytime you can find ways to kind of bond people through the stories that they tell and make them want to learn more about you and make you interesting to them or whatever it is. And so I can't imagine losing a twin. It sounds awful and makes me a bad person for making Lena have like having gone through that. But it also, I think, helps explain why she's somewhat close and yet somewhat distant to her family and uh, other stuff about her. But it's also not like the plot of the book. It's not so important that I really ironed it all out. What made you write more about Summer's family here versus Lena's family? Why her family was more crucial to her character development in this story than Lena's? Lena had already paved her own way. So mm -hmm. Lena was not involved with her family's business. You don't even know she's that rich until, you know, what, midway through the book, at least, maybe later, when you find out she's got this whole, you know, family business, and she's chosen really not to be a part of that. I think part of the, the age difference piece is she's had an extra 10 years to figure that out for herself. And that it would include, when you get to a certain age, I think, or a certain phase, I should say, in your life, sometimes you're more involved with your family, sometimes mm -hmm. you're less involved. Well, Summer, she's not there yet. So Summer is, she still works with her brother when her brother chooses to show, to show up, up to work. And it's his his company. I'm using air quotes for those of you that can't see. And, so much for an older brother. Yeah. And he's acting like a boy and he's going around and doing whatever he wants. And she has to bear the burden of her father who's a widow and who's now sick. And the whole business is on her shoulders. So she hasn't had that separation yet. Mm -hmm. So it made more sense for me to tell the story of her. That's part of her growth is to get that to actually put her foot down, tell her brother, you got to put your big boy pants on and come to work, mm -hmm. figure it out because I want to do something else with my life. And then she goes and does that. Can you tell me how you pick their names and what makes you reveal their meaning in the book itself versus that being just a hand for the reader to pick up on their own? In general, like in each book or in this one specifically? So in this one specifically, her name is actually Helena, not Lena. Mm. And you tell the story about her name and her brother's name in the book itself. Mm -hmm. So what makes you explain that backstory um, in comparison to... Uh, when I make people go look it up and figure it out? Not really. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, they were side characters in Just Tell Her. And so I probably, if I remember correctly, I just looked their names up. Mm -hmm. I think... Um, I don't remember thinking of Lena versus like versus her full name or anything like that. I, if I remember correctly, it was I was now writing Lantern and I needed her brothers to have names. So I was like, okay, what's the back? So I sort of discovered the backstory myself as I was writing. It sounded mm -hmm. really cool. So um, I described them most of the time. I like when names mean things. So usually these characters were interesting because, again, they were side characters that I had no plans to write books for. But I like 
name meanings. I don't know why it's just cool to me, especially when they play a part in somebody's life or somebody's story. And so I sometimes will explain them. Sometimes I don't necessarily explain them, but that doesn't mean that I think people have to go do that work. It may mean I just chose names randomly at the same time. So Mm -hmm. just because there's somebody's named this, it doesn't mean there's some giant meaning that relates to the story, but I might've just liked the name. Sometimes it might mean that you were watching the show in the background. Sometimes it means like Damon. Yes. Uh, I was watching uh, Vampire Diaries. Mm -hmm. So I get character names from either watching the show and like the characters or the actors and other times I literally wait for the credits to roll because I know there's going to be like 50 names <laughs> in the credits that I can see. And I look and I'm like, okay, can I use that one? Sometimes it's Which one do names. I like? Yeah, which one Which one do I like? If I'm, Am I going to use this character again? Or are they now that I'm outlining, it's a little bit easier. Or is this just a passing character that I can just give a random name to because it doesn't matter? But yeah. That's very handy, I would say. What, watching TV shows so I can get character names? Yes, you don't have to Google. You just wait for credits. Yeah, pretty much. Summer's story is one of letting go and going after what she wants. How does Lena help her with that? I think in a way she can see that Lena's already done that. I don't know that I like specifically address that in the book, but I think that that's part of it. She can see that Lena isn't working for her family, has forged her own path in Mm -hmm. business. So I think that's part of it. Yeah, but also Lena's just like, take a chill, like just just relax. You don't have to go crazy and do everything when your brother's doing nothing. And every time he tells you he's coming home, he doesn't come home. He still goes out and he parties Mm -hmm. with his friends. And so if he's got none of the responsibility and you have all of it, you deserve to take a break too. And sometimes people need to hear that. If you think about, this is kind of, I guess, not book related at all, but if you think about like mental health crises in the world right now, and you think about how people are so burned out, it sometimes takes somebody to literally say, you have to stop. Like you need to take a break. You need to stop for them to realize how much it's impacting them. And I think Summer is burned out. She is tired. This wasn't a career that she thought she would have. It's not as if she went to college and thought, I'm going to be a CEO of a tech company. Yeah, she still plans to go to exactly. college. Exactly. And, and, and so then she starts to do those things. So I think that Lena sort of gives her that permission that she didn't really know she needed to seek like what it is she actually wants to do and who she wants to be. And how does Summer help Lena with her issues? I mean, what issues are we talking about? Well, to me, it sounds like Summer is helping Lena balance her personal life, where Lena is very confident in her professional life. So he, she, hel- um, she helps Summer balance that, mm-hmm. while Summer is more confident in... Like the picking up of the ladies? Not just picking on the ladies, <laughs> but in regards to being more comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. Summer is very open and chill about it, just like Lena is chill about her work. I think you just summed it up. Do I do I need to go further? Okay, I you guess did a I great just job. answered my own question. <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Uh-huh. Would you say writing proposal series had anything to do with Lantern? Uh, yes. So the book has a scene in it. It's not related to this couple. But I, when I wrote this book, I wanted Charlie and Haley to be engaged during the book, mm-hmm. but it's not their book. So I couldn't tell their engagement story. I did, like they're at the place and they're talking about the the rings and stuff, but I didn't get to actually write it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what kicked off. I, I'd like to write that scene. And this now I'm writing scenes every week, but this is long before that. 
and I got the idea. I don't even remember when I told you. This isn't like what happened after. I actually remember telling you when I got yeah. the idea for that. I don't remember when I came up with it, but I thought there's a few books that I haven't, they're just engaged or they're just married. I don't actually show it. And it would be kind of cool to write like literally just the scene where there's a proposal. So I had to go back and reread some of my books to be like, okay, what did I describe? What did I leave out? What am I locked into now? Danny and Peyton is one of them. Yeah, revising that was fun. Yeah. For all continuity errors. Yeah, I mean, but if like Danny and Peyton, I remember I wrote myself into what their scene was because you mm-hmm. don't see it in all the love songs so i had to reread like what do they describe to their friends and how do they then you know uh, how is it all set up and everything so that i could write it um so yeah it was technically charlie and Haley, but it was in this book that i got the inspiration i am anticipating the question that people are going to have while listening this episode mm-hmm. and i will ask will there ever be a continuation or an addition of, to the proposals, yes. I mean, it's always possible. I haven't written any, but it's always possible. I remember for a while, because <laughs> I'm lazy, I just I made sure to write the proposals in the books that mm-hmm. I was writing so that I wouldn't have to add any proposal scenes uh, separately. But, you know, there's been a lot of books, uh, I think, out now where I probably didn't put the scene in the book, so I might need to. Why do you choose Esperanza Spalding as the act they go to for their first date? So my brain decided to make Lena like jazz music, mm-hmm. which I know next, next, yes, next to nothing about. Uh, and I looked up jazz musicians. And so I actually, and I looked up ones that were touring at the time because I wanted to make it somewhat realistic that they would see her on tour, that that's where they would go. So that, there was a real tour that she had at that point that I saw Um, and I basically decided based on song lyrics. So the song lyrics, uh, the song that I put in the playlist for Mm -hmm. this book, that's on the website. Uh, I read those song lyrics and then I mentioned that song in the book when they have their first kiss, because it just seemed Mm -hmm. to like really fit the mood. So I did a little bit of initial research on who is a jazz musician today, because I know none of them and Google popped her name up. And then I looked into the song and I really liked it. That's in case people were wondering how random moments in the book yeah, and, were included uh, in the When book. you write yourself into something that you know nothing about, there's always some kind of research involved to try to get it right. It just amazes me with you how it always works out, even though you don't plan anything. It amazes me, too. I There have been moments where I'm writing, even Summer and Lena, they just are so perfect together for me. But the way that I conceptualized them for Lantern was just two girls that Charlie would date. Like, that's that's all it was. And then it and would it lead her back to Summer Haley. and Lena. It wasn't purposeful. It was just, and it, it worked out that they were sort of these, like, just a perfect couple, I thought. So, yeah, I don't know how it happens, but that's how my brain works. I remember when I came home, well, to the Airbnb from work where we were staying. And I was so happy to know that you were writing about those two. I don't even remember that you were. I was when I realized that that kind of sounds cool. And because they're no longer in somebody else's book, uh, meddling with the characters that I'm reading about, (laughs) I don't have a problem with them at all, really. hate those meddling kids. Yeah. What about Van? People ask if she's ever going to get her book. What's funny is I always forget about about Van until I like reread or I'm thinking about this book, but I forget she exists because she was just meant to be, again, somebody in the book that flirts with Lena. Mm-hmm. 
and Lena's thinking, and then she's like, no, I like Summer, but Summer doesn't like me. She's really just a, a plot device. So I then later, because I wasn't outlining, I then later realized what Lena does for a living. <laughs> and there's a possibility for Van's business to expand into Lena's stores. How convenient. It works out. I don't understand how it happens, but I thought, hey, if you go to a grocery store in America, like a lot of times there's a coffee place in there now. What if they do that? What if that becomes part of Lena's plan and that gets approved and it expands Van's business? It's just not, so like all of that stuff kind of entered my brain. So she becomes much, I think, larger of a character than I originally mm -hmm. anticipated. I, I think I probably had her in two or three scenes at most at first. I don't plan on, as of right now, writing anything about Van. I'd really have to go back and like reread that whole book again. And I'd have to understand like what would her life be like today because so given the fact that the book wasn't really outlined at all, um, does it make sense for me to ask about how you decided to write about two well-off characters together? That wasn't obviously wasn't intentional. I think it does make a lot of sense to, I don't know, to have somebody who, who grew up with wealth like Lena. Mm-hmm to a certain extent. And then somebody like Summer who grew up pretty poor, like her dad still lives in the house they grew up in. It's not a nice house, especially like for where they live in the world, how much money they have now. And so they're well off today, but they weren't always. And so it's interesting to play off those two backgrounds and kind of where they're from. And you notice how Lena dresses versus how Summer dresses. Rex reaches. Yeah. Like it, it just, it made sense to me. And I think there's, a you know, people who are the, for people who are well off, they don't act well off. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a lot of characters who are super rich, who act super, even in my celebrity series, they're not acting like Richie Rich. Paisley's. <laughs> Paisley's a snob, that's different. Um, and she gets taught some lessons, which we can talk about when we get to the holiday series. I'm pretty sure only Trinity and Talon are allowed to call her snob. <laughs> Probably true. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I think it's, they don't really act I think annoyingly wealthy or anything like looking down, let me eat cake kind of people or let them eat cake, I should say, kind of people. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just cool to get to see two strong women who have made it in their careers mm -hmm. and still having things that they have to work out like their whole life isn't perfect. It wasn't necessarily intentional to make them both super rich. And that's why I wrote about them. So there was a Facebook comment in your group that stood out to me about how Summer just kind of moved in and never moved out. True. What made you go that direction? I felt like Summer was always looking for a home. Just even, so she had a home, but she doesn't have a home in the Midwest. She mm -hmm. has like where her dad lives and it's not really home anymore. And she, her brother's kind of off gallivanting. And so she's looking for a new home and the reason she's struggling to find one is because she already has it and it's with Lena. She just doesn't know that yet. Mm -hmm. And so when she goes to stay with Lena, it's, it's kind of reluctantly. She's not, she's like, no, 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 I don't want to impose on you. And Lena's like, oh my God, just stay here. It's not a big deal. And Summer realizes it's this house that she wants, but it's also obviously this person. And the reason she can't find a perfect home is because she already has it. So I like the idea of her literally going to all of these places that are probably very nice and mm -hmm. would anybody would love to live there. And she's like, eh, this isn't it. This isn't it because she has to realize that she already has it. And so that's why she stays there. And those places don't have Lena in them. They don't have Lena. And so then she just, why leave if you've got everything you need all in one spot? What made you make the telephone the main villain of the story? The antagonist of the book is the telephone. I didn't do it on purpose. 
But when you're, I try to write believable books. And let's be honest, we've got two women. Very busy women. What's that? Very busy women. Sure. Very busy women. So their phone's going to ring, but that's not what what I was going to say. So there's two women, both of them, they've had sex before. There's just follow me here. They've had sex before. It's not their first time. They're both at this point out and they're living together essentially. And now they're dating. They're going to have sex soon. Like, that's you the reality. To stall that. Why did you want to stall it? Because they had to, to get to it. So mm-hmm. like they're, there's some foreplay, there's some for, phone, foreplay, phone, foreplay, phone. It becomes a joke. It's funny, but that's reality sometimes. Like your life will get in the way of something that you want to do or something that you're trying to do, whether it's work or your family. In, summer, in Summer's case, it's both. But yeah, like reality is they're probably, once they're on a date, probably going to take that step. And the phone is this thing that kind of creates the barrier and forces them to, they have assess. Yeah, but they have a really tricky moment in the book where Summer's not really, she's far away and it's tough. They're doing this whole like long distance thing and they had no distance between Mm -hmm. them before. And Summer's dealing with a lot and it's hard. And I think they're both a little upset and confused and stuff. So it was like they had to go through some steps, I think, before they could get there. And so the phone just became something funny that I could throw in that like, you know, they're frustrated and they want to, but it's not happening. And so maybe we should just wait. Do you wish you could change something about this book? I don't think so. I mean, maybe fewer phone interruptions. I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I like the book the way that it is. I think it makes sense for, the, for, for most of my books. Like you write a book, you edit the book, you re-edit the book, you reread that book. And so as many times as I've read, read, reread any of my books over the years, maybe I would like to be a better writer, like maybe I'm a better writer today. And I wish I could go back and be this the writer that I am today back then mm-hmm. and write it better. But I don't think so. I like the way that I think my books land. And I like that about them, including this one. Do you have any favorite scenes in the book? I really like the first kiss scene mm-hmm. um, a lot because I could picture it. Like I can picture the booth that they're sitting in. I can picture the stage where it is. And I can, because it's an actual song, I could listen to that song. How many times did you replay it to write the scene? Oh, only a couple the scenes. Not like that part isn't very long. And then I really like when they go back to the hotel and there's like a smorgasbord of food everywhere because they haven't eaten. And that's mm-hmm. to me, that's just funny. Like you have like the most romantic date in the world. You fly the girl to the city and you just come back to it's like grilled cheese on the table and <laughs> French fries, because that's again, that's reality. These women are well off, but that doesn't mean they're going to get like a fancy French five star restaurant. They're going to chow down on their grilled cheese, which becomes part of their relationship. Okay. Tell us about what's going to be in the next episode. All right. So this is the end of the Chicago series because we're not going to do uh, what happened afters. But uh, the next episode will be Checking the Right Box, which is book one in the San Francisco series. So you get to read how Emma moves from Chicago to San Francisco and meets Kira. And that sets a lot of other books off from San Francisco to Tahoe to Boston and so on and so on. So we'll cover that next time. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the chat about my book, follow, subscribe, and don't forget to submit any questions you have for a book on an upcoming episode. To do that, just go to my site, nicolepilan.com slash podcast, where you can also find the schedule for future shows, links to previous episodes, and more.